The following presentation of the Eric McKenna Project is sponsored by no one. Hello, you're listening to the Eric McKenna Project. Flip us around. I gotta spin him. Just turn around. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Sound a lot better. Yeah, they do sound good. I know. See? I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, good looking. I'm on the radio and I love it. You're on the radio. I'll be back to pick you up later. Remember Mr. Microphone? Mr. Microphone. Mr. Microphone. Mr. Microphone. Hey, good looking. I'll be back to pick you up later. Fucking they were in a little convertible. Fucking yelling at random <laughs> chicks. Yelling at random chicks on the street. Oh, You're a fucking shit. dork. You got a fucking microphone on your radio. You're you're in rare form, Fred. And we haven't oh, started. I've I've yeah, I've I'm I've missed this. So what the hell's been going on, man? All kinds of shit. Like what? I like work. Work, work. This is what I do. Check it out. I work, work, work. I, no, I'll start for last year. I'll start. Well, how long has it been since you've been here? First off, you haven't seen the studio. I have not well, seen the studio. I mean, that's how long you've been gone. I've been gone. I've been gone since October. What are you doing under the table? You, I, you know what? Feet? It's my, it, 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 I'm, I have my, holy shit, this place is, I thought this was like all, you Well, know. there's no concrete under here. That's the difference. That's See, our old is. studio had a concrete floor, so you could just bang over there and it wouldn't matter. But now, this is a now wooden I got, now floor. Now I got to be, behave. You have to like plant your feet. Yeah. You need to relax. I got I to act like a real. You have to relax, you know. But uh, yeah, I was. I had my heel on the on the chair leg. Is that, is, is that little light on your camera right here, Fred, on your ego cam? Is it red? This one? Yeah. Is it red or green? It's red. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy. Ego cam. Here we go. Let's go ahead. All right. So, uh, head, head. So, figure I wanted out of the game a long time ago. Yeah. And then COVID came and took me out of the game, which was great. So I didn't have to worry about anything. So I like, you know, I, you know, year and a half off, didn't do shit. And then uh, February of, uh, what, what, are knocking bottles around? Oh, lid, see, lid. But uh, so, you know, I go back to making movies and, and TV shows in uh, February of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't stopped. I've gone nonstop like I'd, I'd have like i think the longest i had off between shows like a movie a tv show and a movie was like four days like okay I, and i went straight into tso right and i went straight into falling in reverse right i came home for like three weeks four weeks i did nine 18 hour days in a row down the arena doing rock shows at the peterson and stuff like that uh then i did a two-week run on Hamilton. How'd that go? I loved it. Oh my god, I loved really? it. Yeah, yeah. I love doing. I love doing uh, the Broadway series. Theater. I love doing theater. theater. I started in the theater. Theater. The theater. And then, uh, then I get this. Uh, I blew out my elbow. 
which at work, reaching for a speaker stack and my elbow just went pop. That's how, because I'd just been overworked and I just reached and grabbed nothing and it went pop. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me. You're getting old, pal. Well, that's what it is. I'm getting old. So, uh, so I'm supposed to take off. They gave me a week of light duty. And three days into that, uh, I got a call and said, yeah, this is an emergency. Uh, these guys are in, the guys from Buck Cherry need a guitar tech or bass tech, bass and guitar tech. And uh, the arm felt great. You know, it started to feel a little bit better. It's not like I'm lifting anything. Okay. You know? And I could figure TSO, I had this whole shoulder ripped out of the socket. I was in the sling teching. What's well, a little bit of an elbow, you know? So I went and did Buck Cherry, Buck Cherry and Alice Cooper, which was amazing. We'll talk about that. Okay. And uh, from, from that, I literally came home for 22 hours and went back out with bts the korean boy band <laughs> on a totally different gig we'll talk about it's that it's funny how he didn't tell me any of this stuff leading up to this show. oh no no, no. yeah you have no, I, I didn't know you were out with them i mean well it, I would never it wasn't let, i wasn't I would out it was it was a residency in vegas oh four they sh- have a residency four shows at the at that altel stadium or whatever it is like eighty thousand tickets a day what a show per show the merch was completely sold out. How is that possible? Dude, they're, they're the biggest band in the world. The average ticket price was like, this is no joke. Somebody told me $800 was the average ticket price. If you do the math, and I don't know if this is correct or not, but it comes out to $256 million in four days. It was crazy. They sold out that stadium four times. And it was, and all the merch is sold out. It's in merch is separate from ticket sales. And you're just called BTS. How did BT- I miss this? They're a little little Korean band, uh, boy band. And I'll tell you what, they're amazing. Oh, get out of here. Ama- I'm like sitting there going, I was like humming the songs. Like literally, this no, is no shit. This no. is no shit because you can sit around and, and no. you're like listening and you, and you can hear like, you know, you listen to a song. And go, oh, I hear, you know, uh, Led Zeppelin in that song, you know, by uh, by uh, Greta Van Fleet. You know, you know, I'm like sitting there listening to BTS. I'm like, Wait a second. I wrote that riff 30 years ago. When I, when I and I'm like, wait. I, 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 I'm like, and then I could even predict where it was going to go. And I'm like, wait a second. So, but yeah, so I, I got a good chuckle out of that, you know, that, uh, but I was like, it was like a little warm up that I used to do. It's just a little chromatic thing. Well, you know, those guys sick. figured out a way to get paid. They, yeah, they found a way to, to make, I'm like, son of a bitch. But uh, so I did that. And, just four gigs. Four days over two weeks. Okay. So I was in the Luxor Hotel, me and Las Vegas with money. <laughs> and you know what happened to me? Uh, I really started. broke. I, no, no. I started taking my own advice. And again, it's a business. And mm-hmm. I kept it business. Mm-hmm. I stayed in my room. I took photos and I edited photos when I was when I wasn't working. Maybe that's maturity, Fred. No, no, no. Don't tell people I'm mature and tell people I'm growing up. But uh, but yeah, man. So I I, I did really well. Uh, I lost my ass one night in the casino, and then I went back and uh, just walking by, and a hundred bucks, and I wanted it all back. Well, I wanted like almost three quarters of it back. So I called it a wash. You know, it's not bad. But I went to the Grand Canyon, took some great photos mm-hmm. of the Grand Canyon. But you know what happened when I went to the Grand Canyon? Oh, it's Fred. Come on, it's my luck. You know. You didn't fall in, did you? No, I didn't fall in the Grand Canyon, but I probably would have liked to have. I went on the day that they had a freak sandstorm. 
They we'll don't have sandstorms. Yeah, what's we'll the odds of that? Yeah, exactly. It's like the one day, look, we never have these here. Dude, that, that stuff will fuck up a camera. Oh, tell me about it. So guess who had to buy a new camera? What? Yeah, it's it's like like literally there's a thousand. And I'll tell you what, man, I was I was careful with it. I kept it. But I mean, just the... the I took, Ouch. Yeah, and everything's... Ouch. Yeah, man. So I got to take it. To, I got to send it to Nikon. Nikon, if you're listening. Mess up lenses too, you know. And, and, well, it's it's in my beloved 24 to 120. Ouch. But here's the thing. Mr. King of Spares scours Craigslist. Yeah. And uh, I found a spare 24 to 120 millimeter lens. And it was way cheaper than mine. And uh, so I bought it. So now I have a spare. And I used that to shoot shoot a concert the other day. I shot. Yeah, uh, sand's bad for for camera. Oh my god, salt's I, bad too. And but. I couldn't believe it, you know. And uh, like it, I don't know how it got in there that much, and it's just in the air. And like literally, you could, I was like looking at my cell phone pictures of myself, and like my face is like covered in dust, you know. And here's me changing the lens. Hmm, let me get, to, you know. So, yeah, a that's sandstorm. Yeah, it was a freak sandstorm, and I'm like, what are the are you? You couldn't even see the beauty of the Grand Canyon. I could see like, you know, 300 yards in front of me. I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. Fantastic. I, I can only imagine. But on my... Uh, your on, first time in the Canyon? Yeah, I've never been there. Really? That was a thing. I've flown over it. I was it. surprised by that. I've flown over it, but I've never been there. So, so I was all excited to go. But I'll tell you what, Lightroom, you can do some wonderful things mm-hmm. with Lightroom. And I, I edited out a lot of that sand, man. I just dehazed it. It's not great, but it's not bad, but... So I kind of like I was able to salvage pictures. I took pictures of uh, Testament and Exodus and Death Angel when I was out there. Mm-hmm. They gave us a VIP treatment. Took took my BTS crew guys. So here there's the BTS guys. We went and saw like a metal show. So this Korean band, this B, is it BTS, BTS. What's it stand for? I I don't know. Yeah. Is it pop music? It's, it's yeah. Oh, it's super. So it's not like it's K-pop. What's K-pop? Yeah, that's right. I I had no idea what K-pop was. K-pop. Korean pop music. Oh, that's what so, K-pop is. Yeah. So Korean check it out. Pop? I go to, I go to a Korean barbecue the other day. I was down in Washington D.C. Okay. And uh, you know me. I vegetables will kill me if I eat a vegetable. And uh, so I went and found an uh, an all you can eat Korean barbecue. It was close to the hotel. And you weren't the ugly American, were you? Oh no no no. I I, I was actually very very reserved. Okay. And uh. Because I like in Korean barbecues, you have to cook your own food. Right. So I just bring you like a platter of meat. Yes, I'll have a platter of meat, and I you just cook it on the grill. But the fun is cooking it, and it's just me by myself. You know, I'm, I'm down there fucking off. You know, cooking meat. You know, and uh, I ate so much meat. I'm like I'm busting at the seams with you know like ribeye and 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 uh, they had this, like a special steak. And Put then, you in a meat coma. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. And I'm like sitting there, exactly, exactly, exactly it. But I had like I made brisket and it was all like chipped real fine. So I, I had a good time. But it was a Korean barbecue, and they had a giant, you know, 15 foot video screen of, and they're playing. I never heard of this band before. You wouldn't believe how many. That's what I'm getting to. You wouldn't believe how many Korean pop boy bands, girl bands there are. And this Korean restaurant played. Every one of them, because I was there for an hour and a half. It was all you can eat for an hour and a half. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, is that BTS? No, I'm not being rude, but you can't tell the difference because they all, 
you know, well, they all got like the dyed hair and, you know, the, the pop songs or whatever. But when BTS <laughs> comes so, so it was great because BTS comes on and oh, I'm, like, I'm like bopping along. And the, and the little Korean waitress, she's like, she's a young kid. You know, she's probably in her 20s. And she looks at me and I'm bopping along. I'm thinking, yeah, it's pretty cool. I just work for these guys. I'm watching the TV. And she like looks at me and I, I saw her like, like, look at me like you you idiot you know and uh and so i'm bopping i go hey what's the matter you don't like bts she goes no i hate them <laughs> working there so no, no wonder she probably hears it yeah, yeah right but yeah so uh, but there's a ton of it's a thing it's called k-pop and the music dude it's good it's like really good it, it's catchy whoever writes this stuff knows how to write a song they've got hooks the vocals are great because it's all harmonies and, and they actually do sing they weren't out there do they play instruments? They don't. And that was, a, they, they just, they no sing. No interest. They sing the tracks, but like they were, I know that uh, a lot of you are going to be jealous, but they're from me to you away. I, I sat for, because I'll tell you what I did with, with those guys when I'm done, because they don't have in instruments. I had to do something else. So tambourine tech, <laughs> tambourine tech. but I'm like literally inside the barricade and like I could have reached out and the one guy you always walk by and i think he did it he was like he thought it was funny but he'd like flick a bottle cap and i'd always like reach out to snag it or what you know just silly shit you know but it's always fun to interact with an artist you know and i never knew him i never talked to him but right. it became the thing you know it happened on the second show so it happened on the third and fourth show and kind of got like a chuckle out of each night but uh doing the loadout coming home from bts i'm like literally everybody's like when you coming home i'm like i'll be home tomorrow coming home from bts I get this, I'm like loading the shit out. And it's like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing uh, after this? I'm like, I'm just going to go home, you know, probably sit around for a bit, you know, make a movie. Brush my hair. Whatever, brush my hair. <laughs> and uh, they're like, we have a job for you. And I'm like, cool, great. You know, when, you know, when is it? End of May? You know, when, when do you want me to go? When do you want me to Could you? could you leave tomorrow and i'm like tomorrow I'm, I'm like i haven't you know i haven't been home for since october and i'm like i'm like man i said uh can i go home for one day and i said yes that's perfect we'll send you home for i went home for 22 hours wow again 22 and it was you know uh and then i went back and i started with journey doing the same job i did on bts so wait a second what is that job I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> so I come off the road and needless to say, my last gig, I didn't have a good time with it. You know? Okay. And, and uh, do you care to mention what band it was? I, no, nah, I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I had fun. Yes, I, I did. I, I had a good, but it was just like, dude, this is, you know, it, all right, I'll say it. Beneath me, and uh, beneath me, the name yeah, of the beneath band. me, yeah, no, no, it's it's it, it, the job was beneath. Me. Oh, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, what, what okay, the yeah. okay. Uh, so an accordion tech, <laughs> I was an accordion tech. So I put a, I came home, like I said, I was home for nine days, and I'm working nine rock shows in a row in Pittsburgh, eighteen hour days, you know. So like literally, that was nine days in a row. And I'm like, man, I just might as well go back on the fucking road. You know, yeah. at least, you know, at least I have the adventure. 
Yeah. And uh, so I put a, a mass email out to everybody I knew. And I get I started working on Hamilton right after that. And I got uh, I got this reply and said, hey, look, I'm not looking for a guitar tech. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I've got a job that I think you'd be perfect for. I have the beer tech. <laughs> I, have a, I have a bottle of beer tech. Alcohol tech. So, uh, and I'm like, yeah, tell me more. <laughs> and uh, the woman I used to tour with, she used to be my tour manager. She goes, I'm looking for a special effects guy. And I'm like, uh-huh. special effects? Dude, I'd... I, I, I'd do that. I said, well, you know, what do you want me to do? Pyro? You know, Cairo? What do you want me to do? She's like, glitter. <laughs> I need a confetti guy. <laughs> and I'm like, a confetti guy? Now, here's the irony of well, this. Well, in a show like Kiss, that's a big job. Oh, it's right? you. Right? You have a big crew when you have a big job. <laughs> so, Con- t- you're a confetti tech. I'm a confetti tech. And. Okay. I told him, I don't know. I've done confetti as a local, as a local crew. And, you know, I did confetti for Journey when they were here in Pittsburgh. And uh, that was my job on the show. I go out and I turn, I, I didn't have to turn the machine on. I just fed the confetti into it. It blows it everywhere. And you turn the nozzle and you go home. And uh, so I'm like, all right. And she goes, look, you're on this crew. And she starts, you know, she tells me she, and she tells me that what they're going to start me at. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's good. I, I can, I can be a confetti, I can be a confetti tech. tech. It's comparable to being a guitar tech, maybe a little bit better, but uh, a little less work. And uh, I said, yeah, I, I'd do it. And they said they would train me. Yeah, sure. So I go out there and I fly to Vegas and I, for my first night, it, it's Fred, you know, it's, it's Fred. I take a whole toolbox with me. Cause it's Fred. I have like a, like a hockey duffel bag that I take. You're like overprepared. Oh my God. I take my, my, all my tools and then I go to home Depot and I buy more tools because I don't know what I'm going to need. And, uh, you know what I used? Nothing. I used like one wrench and, and they supplied it. You know, here, no, you don't, don't worry about yours. Use ours. That's, that's probably the easiest job or the, the least complex job you've ever had. Oh my God. Yeah. So check it out. It's Fred. And I'm loving it. Well, it's funny to you, Fred. It's just so it's funny to me. <laughs> I mixed confetti. They gave me like bags of, of here's blue, here's green, here's yellow, here's orange, here's pink. See that box? Dump all this confetti in there and mix it up. <laughs> mix it up. It clumps. You're going to be a confetti fluffer. <laughs> I was a fluffer. Oh, no. Time out. Yep, that's what it's called. Confetti fluffing. That's the truth. Get the fuck out of here. Confetti fluffer. So okay. I got that on my resume. I'm a fluffer. Make sure that you don't omit the word confetti when you do put that on your resume. Well, it's going to be on a separate line. It's going to be confetti and then fluffer. Or I can put it in parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> but it gets better. Oh, you can find work in the valley if you do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You go down to Canoga Park and, you know, shit like that. So check it out. So I am not only the confetti guy. I'm the balloon guy. Oh, get out. Because on this tour, they have a thing with purple and white balloons. Not what, a, what band was this again? BTS. Okay. So, and it's Altel Stadium, which is like, there's 80,000 people in here screaming. 80,000, mostly girls, couple guys. <laughs> I'm sure. And literally. It's 2022. I'm sure there are they're, some. They're, my, I had noise canceling headphones on and I could hear them through. It's like the Beatles. You know, Beatles at, you know, Candlestick Park or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Shea State. 
But uh, so not only am I the confetti guy, I'm the balloon guy. And they have a thing for purple and white balloons. And they said, well, you know what? Probably about like maybe 200 balloons a day. 200 balloons a day. That's a lot for, you know, it's a lot of balloon tying. <laughs> I said, do, do, do we have any, any you know, balloon fasteners? You didn't blow these things up like manually, did you? No, no, no. I, I, had, I had, of all things, and this is, this is no joke. I had like a little, you know, one of those little balloon things. You put the balloon up, blows it up. Okay. So it, it wasn't bad. But their their estimate of two hundred balloons was way wrong. <laughs> they had four carts or two carts with four sides, and each side to fill up this balloon because they thought it was two hundred balloons to fill all four of these carts up. And, and the carts would drive around the arena with the boys singing on top of it, and they're supposed to be filled with purple and white balloons. And it's, well, that's great. Let's go look up. Nope, it was two hundred and fifty balloons per side <laughs> so there's like a thousand balloons blowing up every day it's only four days how long will it take kind of, oh it took all day because it's me i believe it'll take all day <laughs> so in addition to to a thousand it was actually i think the count was like 900 and something uh every day uh in addition to that i had 150 three foot 36 inch diameter balloons like the big, big ones, that, and I had to do those every day too, with the little, the little tiny uh, nozzle, and it was just like, and it would, it would get. Uh, someone should have got video of you doing oh, the job. I'm sure there is. I think I posted stuff on uh, on Instagram. Well, you did, and it confused me because I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. I'm like, oh, he's just pissing around with the with the special effects folks. Oh, you were the special effects. I was folks. A spe- Yeah, so it was great, and 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 I loved it. I absolutely loved it, and and it's a new career path for you. It actually could be, and and, and I would take it. <laughs> I would take it in a heartbeat. But the irony of this this shit is, is the woman that's telling me she's like, okay, this is the guy you're going to report to, and I'm like, wait, I, I know him, and she goes, she starts like reading off these names of people on the crew. I'm like, I know him, I know him, and I know him. And she's like, how do you know these guys? Have you toured with them? I'm like, they ride the bus with me on TSO, yeah. and she's like, oh yeah, we have the TSO. And so it was all my friends, the guys that I already ride the bus oh, right with, on. with right TSO. On. So I already knew these guys. So it was great. But I was doing the out for BTS, and I got this call and says, hey, look, we've got an emergency. We need you to go do this other gig. I'm like, oh yeah, when tomorrow? Give me another day. So I, you know, 22 hours home, uh, wash my clothes, you know, shit like that, and I started doing Journey. And now the irony was is I did. What the, was the job? confetti you gotta be shitting me they said we, we're gonna give you your own tour and i shoot you and i'm like i am not qualified for this <laughs> i said i said do not send me out there i said i said well i said well if neil sean sees me screw this up i am fucked <laughs> yeah exactly and uh and he goes uh they go uh i go well you know i said well what about the other crew guys and like there is no other crew guys you're the only guy and i'm like i'm the I'm, i don't i i, I you know, I'm, here's me. I'm like, of course I'm going to do it, you know. But I'm like, really? I'm going to give you one more chance to back out. Do you really think that I'm the guy for that? They're like, yeah, yeah, we, we think you can do it. I went, out and I, had a, gig, Fred. I, I went out and I had a blast. Dude, I was setting up. But I did it by myself. And they're like, and here's, it's Fred. Everything's on Fred's time. It's just so it's funny to Fred and the world can wait for me. It's on Fred's time. And uh, these guys are like, hey, man, could you like maybe – pick up the pace a little bit i'm like i got i'm here all day so so but i uh i would do the confetti on that and and i'm scared shitless that 
you know, I'm going to screw it up on my first day. I shit you not. I'm, I'm walking. I'm checking all my stuff, double checking it. I'm goofy like that. I triple checked yeah. everything. And right before the show goes on, I go out the front of the house and I start walking around and I'm checking my stuff out. I take a deep breath. And I'm walking and I say to myself, don't fuck it up. And I, and I, I really did. I, I, and I turned around and I started walking and I see one of my friends from back way back when and he looks at me and we make eye contact. He's coming down the steps. And it's Chris Jericho, the wrestler. Oh, no shit. And he's like, hey, what are you doing, man? So we start talking. He came to see. He knows Neil. And uh, we start talking. And I told him, he goes, he goes you teching for Neil? I'm like, no, Adam's teching for Neil. I said, I'm confetti tech. And I shit you not. <laughs> confetti tech. He looks me dead in the eye. He goes, that's the name of the, that's the, name of the position? Uh, yeah, confetti tech. Confetti I, 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 I was called a lot of things. <laughs> but uh, confetti tech's the nice Nothing's thing. changed. Yeah. But uh, Chris Jericho like looks me in the eye and he goes, Oh man, don't fuck it up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, great, you know. But uh, this is what's great about this job. I'm going to give you my my. This is my day on Confetti Tech because I told you I took a while. Get up at five thirty because I'm the last guy hired, but the only place they have a space for is on the rigger bus because the, all the other buses are full. So I get up every day at five thirty in the morning to ride the bus with the riggers because that's the only junk bunk that was available. So. Now their bunks, their bus is full and they have no extra bunks. And on tour, junk bunks are a big thing. And when you come in and you take the only junk bunk, you're an asshole. And you're, you're, you, you might as well have the scarlet letter on you because the junk bunk means the extra bunk where everybody's put everybody's with, their, with their stuff. Because now everybody's now, got, but now the bus is completely full. Now the bus is completely, and so everybody's got to either put their stuff in their, their own bunk and sleep with a book, you know, a backpack. Yeah, but you're Fred, you're like a legend in the business. No one's gonna give you a hard time. Oh my god, we're gonna get to that too. <laughs> so, the thing is, I, I, I get on there and I, and I go in. So, I go in at, at 5 30 in the morning. I get, I get up at 5 30, get on the bus at 6 30. My stuff comes off at 8.45, like clockwork, and I would immediately start to pack my confetti cannons and do my little confetti things. And, but it was running cables and, and stuff like that, so it's not bad, but I'm the only guy. And so I'm running stuff, running stuff, running stuff, and I'm new. You know what I mean? So I don't, I'm not the quickest. And even, when, even when I'm quick, I'm not the quickest. And uh, so, you know, I finally got the hang of it and got it in there. And they go, man, you're doing such a great job. We're going to add four more. <laughs> they did. They added four more. And I'm the only guy. So I was like taking it. So literally, I'd get back on the bus after helping everybody tear it down. Okay, I forgot something. I would pack the cannons, blah, 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 get it all up, get the confetti, set up all the machines. I had four machines at first, uh, set everything up, run the cables. I'd probably be done about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. And then I would go and mix confetti. Okay. And you can't have a clump, so... It's four bags, uh, and you're sitting there fluffing. And 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 why I should have just thought about this earlier because I'm a stagehand for God's sake. I mean, they come to me at work in Pittsburgh and say, "Hey man, can you fluff this?" <laughs> and here's me fluffing all these bags by myself. And eventually, by the end, I'm like, "You're an idiot. Why didn't you think about that?" So I started to have the stagehands do it, and we'd make a little fluff party, and it was fun. But uh, literally, my job was the last 45 seconds of the last song of the night. I turned on the confetti machines for 45 seconds <laughs> at 10.45 at night. The machines came on. What song was it? Oh, uh, Separate Ways? No. Uh, oh, come on. Think about it. Uh, 
See? Every night. And, and I, was, I would always tell the guys, okay, this is a song. And it was always the wrong song. It's the song after Be Good to Yourself. It's uh, Any Way You Want It. Ah, that was how they ended it. That was how they ended it with that. What did they open with? Uh, I don't even know. I can't even remember. I wasn't in there for that. I, I didn't. I, I got the. I really got into a weird Fred mode where I was just so focused on not fucking up the job that I'd be like walking around going, I know I fluffed this confetti, but is it going it, to. It's, it's kind of humid today. I think it's going to start to clump. You know, I'm like sitting there making sure it's not. You were on clump patrol. Oh, I was on clump patrol. I, I take it. And they'd watch me. I'd be like shaking bags and boxes. That's and funny like, as shit. Like that dude. dad's nuts. That is funny as shit. But yeah, so I, I ended up doing that. And, uh, and, you know, it just I I had a I had a blast, and it got canceled the last couple of gigs. Right? Yeah, well, COVID claimed COVID. another. another kept you guys out of Canada. Yeah, we were going to Canada, and once you know you can't get into Canada if you got COVID. You have to have it like be COVID free for X amount of days or X amount of weeks before that. So it just made sense to come home and add them on somewhere else. Add them on so the end of the year. The big news is. Mm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because by the time this comes out, I'll already be there. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. Announce it. I've already said it multiple times on, on social media, right? I mean, it's already out there. So, yeah. So, this isn't going to come out till next week anyway. So, I, at uh, 53, I'll be, I'll be, I won't be 53. Here's the fucked up, fucked up thing about this. On the day I will start my new job. All these good things over my life has always happened the day before my birthday. I did my first movie then. I got the, the line in Rockstar was my on the, on that day. Uh, there's like a, a lot of other different things that you know, like personal milestones and goals that always hit the day before my birthday. And I'm going to fly out to work with my dream gig, do my dream gig, the day before my birthday, and and it is. The day before my birthday. Who are you working for? Oh, who has just hired you? I'm just going to say this. Is what I want to say I don't. I don't want to say because I don't want to jinx it. No, we're going to say it. Look, I really feel good about this, even though I'm not going to be home, sweet home, for a while. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'll find a wild side out there somewhere. Fred is the new Dartuck for Nikki Six. Yes, and I'm with Motley Crue. And I'm so happy because as a kid, that's why I play, man. And, and, I, I don't, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll total geek out on it, man. But I've, I've met him before. And I've, I've, you know, it, and I didn't geek out. But having this job, even before I was a tech, I would go to the shows and I would talk to their techs, you know, like sneak up outside like the barricade. And I just wanted to say, tell me about this. And that's how I became a tech. Right on. You know? Tell me about this. Tell me about this. Tell me about this. And, uh, and actually finally... It happened. Yeah, it happened. Finally, got. It. And I always joked and said, "This is my retirement job." I always said, that "If I ever got a platinum album, I'd quit." Well, I got a platinum album, but they gave it to somebody else for that big four thing. So, will this potentially be the biggest venues you've done? Ah, uh, no, because we've done those Aussie, right? Was, yeah, Aussie and Megadeth played seventy thousands in. Uh, what was the biggest venue you remember to date that you that me? you've actually worked? Uh, be Download or Doddington or one of those. Oh, the festivals. Yeah, because this is all this is a stadium tour with Motley. Right. So I mean, it's it's going to be a lot of. Yeah, between like forty and seventy thousand, probably depending on the city, right? Yeah, you know, and it's a lot of people, and I'm going to be out there every day looking at myself, going. Don't fuck it up. 
And I do. Well, you're working with the headliner. See, now I know. So someone told me that it's gonna. They're not gonna be the headliner every night. The Def Leppard, and they're gonna flip. There's like 36 shows. It's 18 Def Leppard, 18 Motley. Interesting. So I didn't know Def Leppard had that much pull still that they could actually do that. Yeah, they're they're big. Get in there, lean in there, Fred. Yeah. Microphone. Yeah, microphone, Fred. I I didn't want to drink in the microphone. No, I understand. I understand. It's exciting for you, man. It actually is. This will be my retirement gig. Get the fuck out of here! I'm telling you, this is. I I, I said when I said if I got a platinum album, I'd retire. Then, hold on, you when you came to work with me, at Boogie Street, in the beginning, you said I think I want to do something and commit to it because I will be here, Eric, and like we'll just go on the design front, and I'll be here because I'm retired. I'm off the road. That was 2004. So I don't believe that because you've had 20 different band gigs since then. I mean, it's the truth. The thing is, I come off the road, and this is how I always always say it. You know, I come out, come home, and I go back to pushing boxes on the at, at the you know at the arena, and so and I see all my friends, and I'm like, man, just, just maybe one more. Maybe one more. <laughs> you know, and I, I go and make a movie, and you know, it's just like you know, I'm neck down here, you know, just carrying cable or passing out coffee and shit like that. I'm like. If I was on tour, <laughs> I could, I could, I'd, I'd be doing guitars right now, and maybe just one more, you know, just one time. And then, uh, like literally, at I guess it was nineteen. I, I stopped taking call. You know, yeah. I, I I just wanted out from. Then a the pandemic came. And then the, the pandemic, pandemic timing was not bad for you. It was perfect for me because that's what I wanted to do. And then they, I did that. I did that damn article, that interview. That uh, ultimate guitar interview, and then the phone just hasn't stopped ringing, and it's a good thing. Yeah, it turned out to be a good. Thing. It turned out to be a real good thing. So, this is going to be uh, now. Supposedly, I, according to Joe Elliott, or what's it, or what uh, Collins, I can't know who the interview that I read said that the plan is that hopefully if everything goes right with all the bands, everybody gets along, and the attendance is good, and there's no mishaps, they want to take it beyond. America, right? They want to. I actually did see that. I saw it the other day. It'd be nice. I would like it. I'd like to go World overseas. Tour. Yeah, I'd like to go back overseas. And that What's would be the last great. time you were overseas. Nineteen. Yeah, yeah, nineteen. Wow. Yeah, it was nineteen. I, I remember it was uh, somewhere in Spain, and it was like one of my our last days. I tried to water ski. Not this very. Is what, good. This is Megadeth. This is what Megadeth. Yeah, it, it, there's there is some hilarious videos of me there. being drugged through the uh through the ocean and i think i think they McRob just kept yelling let just let go just let go and, <laughs> so it wasn't uh, too bad those, those don't uh surface anywhere oh they're 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 out there i'm i'm, I'm sure <laughs> sure he's got a bunch of it do you um let me ask you a question like uh you know so covid like what if we get another strain? I mean, that's what I'm worried about. Well, like, there's one coming through, and that's like the, you guys the, being out there, and all of a sudden, boom. Well, and that's what's happening. These cats are vaccinated, and uh, and they're they're getting it because there's different strains, and you and you can take every precaution you can. All it's going to take is an Uber Eats driver or a dirty hotel doorknob, or you know, I mean, you're in a different hotel. Let's just say somebody sneezes and yeah. it lingers in the back. Whatever. I don't know how yeah. long. It, you know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's your hypothetical. Yeah, but. You're touching elevator buttons. You're touching. You're around uh, locals. Different 
batch of 100 people every day. Does this, does it, let me ask you this, all these recent gigs you've had, does the road have a different feel now post-COVID? Yes. Oh, yeah. We're in bubbles. And everybody's like, you're not in the bubble. Yeah, we're in bubbles. And what you do is uh, you stay with your the group of people you ride the bus with okay. or the people that you work with, which is usually the people you ride the bus with. But you don't, you're not supposed to stray. You're not supposed to go to the mall. You're not supposed to go to the movies. You're not supposed, you're supposed to stay in your room, uh, order Uber Eats uh, or room service. And uh, granted, not that doesn't happen all the time. But it's actually kind of cool because I've I kind of adopted that lifestyle where right. I used to be out go out and raise hell all the time, you know, and, and and go on adventures. Now I've I've seen the world, I've done it, and unless it's a place that I've never been, I just stay in the room and ed- edit photos. It, yeah, it's I've adapted. Well, you to have it. that now. Yeah. Yeah. How did you not take in photography? You probably pulling your hair out. Yeah, I'd be I'd be going nuts. I'd be I, I used to Find watch something else going on. I used to watch movies and you know shit like yeah, I just stay in the room. If, if I stayed in the room and just you know I have a huge movie collection that I take with me on on hard drives. But uh, yeah, I've got the photography, so I just stay in the room and I like it. You know and yeah, and again, it's a business, and I treat it like a business and. The wildness is gone, you know. All the all the antics. Yeah, is is that pretty much reflective of the entire industry? And now? I was just going to say that yes, and that, that's what I was getting to. It's everybody just it's a, it's they treat treat it like a business. There's you know, every I love it when when my friends still say, dude, there's got you're out there with with Journey. There's chicks. There's got to be chicks. But you're gonna be out there with Molly Crew. There's got to be chicks. They're sixty years old, seventy years. There were, there were more people with walkers at Journey. I'm serious. I'm being dead serious. I'd be out there Grandmas. trying. I'd be trying. Dead serious, man. I thought, my God, I thought TSO was bad. You know, because I always joked about all the old people at TSO. Yeah. And yeah, had yeah. they seen Sabotage back in the day, they'd be like running on the other side of the street. Exactly. But right. they're out there playing Christmas music. Look at those good boys <laughs> in tuxedos. And so, so what's what's funny about this is is they've got. Uh, you go to Journey. And these, like, I'm not capping on it, but you're talking about people that this is with their bands and they're in their late 60s, mid 60s. So I remember in 2009 being in the pit for my first Kiss, Kiss show live and having my camera and I was excited and I turned around and, I, and this is 2009, 13 years ago. And I turned around and looked at the crowd and I was like, wow, it just looked like a crowd of um, very excited and very happy, frumpy, middle-aged people, mm-hmm. kind of like me. They're, and that's exactly what I – it was nuts. It wasn't what what the 80s was yeah, or the 70s. Yeah. Was. It was different. That's what I said. My friends are still like, you know, the guys that are still stuck, you know, like, you know, in high school, you know, at, you know when, you, when you fantasize about these things in high school, man, they got to be, you know. That's kind of how it was back then. Well, that's what it was. I mean, they, it was it was party central. Nope, it's a bunch of dudes sitting on a bus, you know, drinking a, a glass of wine and going to bed, you know, taking a gummy or, and going, dude, going, going to bed dude, because you got to get up. I, I, I've told you this multiple times. It's worth repeating. I, I had that surreal moment, that same tour that night after the show was over, sitting in Paul Stanley's dressing room, drinking wine and having him walk around in street clothes before waiting for the, the his ride to the airport. And he's got this wine and he's pontificating and and he's swirling this wine around and he's like, you know, it's like, 
That's this what it is, is now. Yeah, this is what the reality is now, right? It's they're older, they're more civilized. It's not right. It's a business. It's, it's a, a business. fucking business. Back in the day, we'd I'd wake up at ten o'clock in the morning with Zach. We'd be at a liquor store, in a beer beer store, you know, <laughs> buying a thousand dollars worth of, of of booze and beer every day. And that's not that's, that's an actual. And I hear that's not how he operates anymore. And either. he's he's totally stone cold sober. sober. Yeah. This is a guy that couldn't use a cell phone. He didn't know how to even turn on a computer. Now he's on there doing Instagrams every day. Now he's making videos and editing videos. Clear headed. Oh my god, yeah. Because but it's it's a business, man. It's a it, all the way around. So that's that's what like I always tell people. I'm like they're like, dude, you got to be partying out there. I'm like, man, I'm I'm. I'll be 53 next week. Uh, it, I, yeah, it's not, uh, I, uh, I, I, I actually, it was, it was funny because on, on the TSO, I, I never, that was the joke that I showed up in the bar one day. They say twisted my arm and I went to the bar and, uh, and they were like, man, how do you, you're down in the bar. I'm like, yeah, I came down, you know? And, uh, and then I started thinking like halfway through that tour, I'm like, man, just, I'm saving a lot of money by not going to the bar, you know? And, uh, and that's, that's the best say. way to put it, yeah. And then I realized how much money you save when you're good on the road. Well, yeah, drugs are expensive. <laughs> well, you can't write a receipt <laughs> off of that. The IRS doesn't want to see that. This is for the Coke man. This is what I spent with Coke man. This is it for him. This is his cut. Yeah, this is the guy with the with the vodka. And I figured back in the day, man, it was it was no joke. And I, I used to say it all the time on Shine Down. Every day we drink four bottles of vodka. You know, <laughs> if I drink four bottles of water on the road, you know, I'm like, man, I better drink some more water. Well, the get, cost is probably the same now. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You fast forward 20 years. But yeah, you know, so I mean, just it's it's all changed and it's it's all, you know, I I look at it as a business and look what it's got me being nice and, and, and kind of not drinking yeah, and trying to sure. be sober. I'm going out with a with a sober band. I figure Zach's sober. All my friends are sober now. And eh, I guess it was time, you know. I'm not saying I'm so. You know what's interesting is like you. I, I will never forget this. You said to me one time when Zach was probably at the height, right before he sobered up, and I think he was actually getting. They were putting him in hospitals, I think, for the blood clot at the time. And you said to me, I will never forget this. You said, Eric, I predict the following: He's going to quit cold turkey, and he's going to be able to use it from a marketing standpoint and he's going to say i am tougher than alcohol it's the black label way we're, you know we're stronger than death we're stronger than booze we don't need this shit and, that, and that's going to be the way they're going to be he's going to be able to turn that marketing with his fan base that is exactly it's exact, because what happened. because he exactly is exactly what happened he's one of the most sincere yep. determined guys out there he's he's, he's the real deal what, what you see is what you get from him yep and uh when he, I was so happy when he said he goes, dude, I quit cold turkey. Yeah, the doctor said you have another drink, you'll die. And he goes, I quit. That's yeah, that'd and, be that'd be pretty scary. And he didn't, yeah. And, he, and the funny thing is, is you know, I I don't, really don't think he had too many problems just stopping. But that's, I come off the road, you know, I drink on the road, come off and I won't drink. You right. know, it just it just happens, you know. But now it's <laughs> it's business. Well, it's harder now. I mean, like you know. The, here's what I noticed about quitting drinking. This is what I noticed. And I was far from what, like a regular drinker. But <clears throat> I feel much better more often yeah. in yeah, yeah. my life now. And the aches and pains that went along with 
with uh, with hangovers. Forget the head. I mean, you know, we all wake up with frog, froggy one time, but the the actual physical pain your body's going through on the withdrawal of alcohol is not fun when you get older. It's See, just not. That, that's that's what's what always messed me up because I don't get them, so I never had to deal with. Mm. I don't get the hangovers. I never did. Mm. So I've. I'd black out and then hear of all the fun stuff I did, you know, all the adventures and, and, and have people tell me, man, you're an asshole. You know? Yeah, I don't miss but, that uh, shit. What I'm finding now is is without the alcohol, I hurt everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it's reverse for exactly, you. Exactly, exactly opposite. Yeah, I, I, I feel, see, I feel I every that. Yeah. I, no, okay, well, I think a lot of people do drink when they get older to, to, to like ease the pain of, of whether it's emotional or whether it's physical. I just think the hangover sometimes are just like, I guess I guess your your joints are dried out, right? Is that the theory of the alcohol? Like you know, I, I, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. But uh, well, these bands are touring with doctors and trainers. Oh yeah, and, they got personal I mean, trainers out there. They got physical therapists. They got all this shit, man. Isn't it interesting? Like, it's like they're serving up. A healthy dose of nostalgia, right? Because, but, but that doesn't reflect how they currently live. Like Kiss has been doing that for for thirty years. Like Gene and Paul are, they're going through the Kiss stage act, the banter, the song lyrics, the presentation, and that did represent who they were somewhat when they were very young. But now they're selling. The nostalgia of that. I think but that's. They, what, but they're all doing it. Yeah. They have. They or they'd be dead if they, yeah. if they were trying to live that way in their sixties. Yeah. But it's funny how that is still like a thing that is valued, although it doesn't accurately reflect who they are. Well, that's you know, what, that's what you expect when you go to to see these older bands. You know, if they said, you know, if they came out and said. You know, people. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you want to you want to see the stuff that you remember from XM, even if it's the same band. Uh, absolutely, you want to see the same. You want to hear something off our new album? <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. It's time to go to the bathroom. Thank you, and uh, and yeah, I'll come back when I hear you know. Well, that's not just City. Kiss. That's basically I mean, it's, all, it's I mean, all Stones. Bands. It's yeah, something, you know. Skinnered. And, and I always Jer- wonder. Journey Journey did a new song. And you could always tell when that played because, like, there'd be like a rush for the bathroom. You know, just, I'm dead serious, man. It's just like, oh well. But I will say this: that's funny. Let's talk about that for a second because the one band that I saw, Legacy Band, over the years, where that wasn't as much, a little bit, but not as much of an issue, was Rush. When I would go see Rush, the fans were so loyal that they actually, all but dead. they actually no, they not. They knew the newer songs. More than I think a lot of us. It was a weird dichotomy. Like they, the, their fan base got it. Like they were, they were vested. They got the music. They don't get chicks. Well, it wasn't the about fan base. that. It wasn't about that. Yeah, I mean that was like still like, dude. I know you never dug them, but I am telling you, that was an experience. You've seen them, right? I, that was my first show I ever worked. Really? Yeah. You worked? I worked. Yeah. What, what, when was that? Uh, well, 91, 92. Roll the bones. Roll the bones. It was Roll the Bones. I did. That was a great. I did Rush, Travis Tritt, and then The Grateful Dead. Those were my first three shows that I did. Oh, shit. Never worked. Yeah. The Roll the Bones so tour. I did. I rolled Roll the Bones. Or was it Presto? Roll the Bones. Okay. Roll wow. Bones. That was a good tour. Mr. Big opened up. That's right. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. right. I was there. I was there. 
you were there working. But anyways, that band is like, uh, regardless of my personal affinity for it, it was they're just awesome. they're they're, they're awesome well, yeah, they're they're just. <clears throat> I think his singing is so unique, and the lyrical content is a little bit more involved. But the musicianship and the composition. Oh my god, the composition, and then they pull it off live. They pull it like off th- live. Three dudes making a lot of noise. Watching them play. <clears throat> You know, watching Alex and watching uh, Getty play, and when one's doing a solo, they're also playing with their feet on little bass pedals and Taurus pedals. And shit. Yeah, Getty and, Lee's ridiculous. And it, but Alex had shit, and he was doing, oh, and yeah. it's just like both of them just to fill in the gap, to pull that off line. That's where I got an appreciation for him. And yeah, I said it. It's the only time you'll hear me say something like, "Right, write this down." You never peeled. The, you ever pulled that rush sticker off your tour box over there? No, I leave it on there. I leave it on there. <laughs> Let me get real somber. There's something I don't do on this show, but I want to do. I want to get somber for a second, and then we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to move on and, and enjoy the rest of the show. The last time you were here was with Fran Stuber. It was, yeah. It was the last time, and Fran came. Um, I, I never thought I'd be able to get Fran on because uh, we had an idea to do it. I even offered to fly him out, and every time we make arrangements, it just didn't work out. And then Kiss came, and then it all kind of lined up. And Freddie just happened to be home, um, and it all was great to see you and him in the in the room to, together. And you actually, you know, you ran, you you were doing a gig that night, and you rushed thing. back to get in there. But um, for those of you who have not watched that show, if you check back, uh, I guess it's October of last year, Fran Stuber, Paul Stanley's guitar tech, and our, our longtime mutual friend. And and part of the Boogie Street experience from a design standpoint with the Stanley guitars and everything. There's a picture around here somewhere. Yeah, it's right over here. Um, Fran was just uh, an amazing, amazing guy, and he, unfortunately, uh, for everybody, uh, we we lost him. We lost him to COVID, and it wasn't, I think, more than maybe a month after he appeared on on, the show. on this show. And uh, I just, I, I, you know, again, I'm putting you on the spot, and I, I'm not trying to like uh, jerk your emotions or not, but I just wanted to talk you to talk a little bit about that because I know you've thought about that evening oh, so yeah. many times yeah, since, man. and you actually got a chance to see him when he when they came back. They or came back, it? yeah. I, he was on the stage. I waved by to him. He told me he goes, he goes "I'm not feeling well today." Yeah. He goes, "He goes, I'm probably just going to go straight back to the bus." But he hooked me up with like a photo pass and right. stuff like some tickets to the show and. I was looking forward to seeing him, right. but the but the month before that would, would, he would have been here in September. We would have done the show in September, right? And uh, man, we went out that night and had a great time, and and we did a jam night. He played drums. Afterwards, he said, "Yeah, I never played drums before ever." Yeah, so <laughs> beat the shit out of somebody's drum kit, and we went out and we jammed some songs and like ACDC songs and Kiss songs. We had we had fun, but uh, it was a great guy. It was always great seeing him on the road. Uh, a lot of fun adventures with him you know just again yeah, he's a total professional total fun guy he got it you know and that's what's that's what's fun about friends on the road you have the cats that get it you know and can have fun and make the best out of you know they they do their job and they do right. the best job they can right but you go and you have fun and it's always good to see him i always look forward to seeing him when they played pittsburgh or if we were on a show or a festival with them you know nothing pleased me more ever when i would see the two worlds colliding when i would see you connect with him on the road and you guys oh, would yeah. send a selfie to me and there's like, like hey, a we five, just do it all like time. five or six of them uh it would have been cool if our technology was better back then you could have done video but just to, it wasn't available yeah. back then but that was always really super cool like i think i think kiss and megadeth ended up on the same festival somewhere in like 
South America or something one uh, year. Or I know somewhere. we did it. We did a we did Chicago and we did South, uh, Wisconsin up here. Okay. We may have done we may have done South America. We may have done Europe. But you ended up on the same bill, and it, it was just so so cool. It's um it's like it, it, what what I don't know what more we can really say that hasn't already been said. I mean, there's been so many tributes. Um, just go online, look at what what Paul what what Fran meant to Paul. Um, Kathy and, and the boys, uh, Fran's family, just, just the best, beautiful, sweet people imaginable. Just a absolute heart wrenching circumstance. Yep. And um, and to say, you know, like I said, I saw him three days before he passed, and I waved to him from the stage. Yeah. You know, he waved back and yeah, he said he was going to go to his bunk, and he said, "He's man, I'm not feeling good today." And uh, yep. Yeah, just because it does go to show life is extremely fragile, and you just never know. You never know. But um, I just want to end this part of the segment of our show um, that just saying that he, I, I think oftentimes in tributes and so forth, Fred, people always use the, all these adjectives and people go overboard. When I say that he was responsible for a lot of the success we had with Paul, it was because we oftentimes couldn't reach Paul. Yeah, it was true for and, and we, and don't get me wrong, Paul was great, but. Paul Stanley's Paul Stanley, and there's so many commitments, and his schedule is so full. But Paul trusted Fran enough that if we had some crazy idea, Fran would look at it, and if it was really out there, he would say, guys, I like it maybe, but he's the, Paul's not going to dig it. Yep. Or if it was edgy enough, Fran would like do his best to sell Paul on the idea of giving us a shot with it. And out of that stuff came some really good guitars. Yeah, they're still on the wall. Yeah, and so – it's it's not an exaggeration to say that he really, you know, championed what we did, yep. and I think he really dug um, everything from the very first night that all three of us he, met on Lift the Wind got, show. He got got us in there, man. He did. He got us in there to meet him. Yeah, and the ball started rolling, and it was it was because of him. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, like I said, uh, definitely salute to him. Just uh, one of the, one of the greatest guys that I met uh, through you and through Boogie Cheers. Street. We love you, Fran. It was absolutely heartbreaking, but uh, those are the best, some of the very best memories we've ever had with Boogie Street, yeah. for sure. Yep. All right. What's the deal with the book? Talk about the book, Fred. Come on, Fred. Come on, Fred. The book. The book. So what's going on, man? Did you fuck this up? I did. Did you really? I fucking missed my deadline like four times. Oh, so you're just perfect for Hollywood. And uh, you're perfect now. In, in all honesty, I fucked up probably the one of the biggest deals of my life. King of all bad decisions right here. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I got busy, man. And like literally, I mean, is it over with? Is it still? It, no, it's still a thing. But me finding time, mm -hmm. like I said. They asked me, you know, to really get down to brass tacks last February. And that's when I started working on that Netflix show, The Chair. And then literally I, I told the guy, I shit you not, I said, look, man, I should have a couple weeks off and uh, we'll be good. I had three days off, two days between The Chair and that one. And uh, I'm working 16, 18 hour days. And that's not counting the drive time. Right. You know? Right. And uh, and that's five, six days a week. And 
so it got pushed back again and i promised i promise you i promise you now in my defense i do have one version done i have it written like it would be in a comic book i wrote okay. i wrote it like a script and it, it you know and each panel has its own description so it's written but they saw how i write prose and i said you know it'd be great if you wrote it in prose I'm like, well, wait, I'm like, that's, you know, fantastic. A lot. But they're like, well, you know, the guidelines are already there. The outlines are already there. Just right. But when I write in prose, it's like I tell my stories, uh, 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 somebody else's, you know, oh, yeah. five minute story. For me, it's 45 minutes and, and you know, oh, yeah. and, and you got to take a piss break and you're going, please just shut the fuck up. I write the same way, but I write the same way that, it, that I tell a, tell a story. Oh, sure. And that was the hardest. Oh, well, take this back to i i had probably 70 some i think it was like 76 pages done in prose okay and i was happy and i opened it up the next day maybe two days later and it said page three and i went what the page three where the, where the fuck's you know the next 73 pages and I looked and for some reason, it didn't save. It didn't save to a cloud. Uh, it didn't save them. And I don't know why. I have no idea why. Huh? And I and I don't know why. And I'm like, and, and so I was, mm. I was pissed. Mm. And I put it down for a while. And I went back to, back to work. But like literally between those shows, I think the longest stretch that I had was four days off. And what about like what about like dictating? Is there software that lets you dictate? It? My Pittsburgh accent is so damn bad that I, I spend more time going back and rewriting. Because yeah, that wasn't what I meant, but that's what. It's but yeah, I I I do the speech thing to yeah. to word. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I was I was trying to do it like that, and it's just I realized uh, with doing that too is how many times I pause or I stutter. And it's really weird because I never noticed it. And it's like, I, 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 I it's like, what the fuck is this? You know? <laughs> and I didn't realize how many times I say fuck. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. It's like me stuttering and fuck, you know, stuttering fuck. But, stuttering uh, fuck. But yeah, so oh, I just, I got frustrated with it. That's and funny. they kept giving me deadlines. But figure I did five movies and TV shows last year. One day off, wow. which makes everybody mad, you know, that all my friends, all my family and shit like that, uh, went straight to TSO, where I went to January 31st with them, or I'm sorry, December 31st with them, and then January 1st, I started with Falling in Reverse, and that went, because of some cancellation dates and makeup dates, till mid-February, that's where How'd I- How'd that go? It was, it was different. It was different. Okay. And, and I, I, there's there's the Fred Book of Rules. Uh-huh. And TSO, I broke some rules. I went to the went to the bar and, and broke some rules that, you know, I don't, you know. And I went back and said, you know what? This is bad. And so I want to go back to my rule book. Uh, somewhere, I think it's rule uh, 7A, paragraph, you know, 36, subtitle B. <laughs> Don't work for people that you don't know. So if you got to look, you know, I've always worked with bands that I knew and uh, or, or somehow have been associated with. And these kids were good. They were good. Uh, it was just different. They were younger than me. Uh, 
I like their music. They're good. Mm-hmm. They kid can write a hook. Guy can write a hook. Uh, but yeah, it just it was it was a job. I didn't. Yeah. You know, I just went out there and you didn't feel a connection to it. Yeah, and then that's exactly it. Whereas all these other, like I haven't even met Nikki yet. I mean, uh, the guy for the next band that I'm doing. And uh, and he's totally great. You know, I mean, like we write, you know, we just send a couple texts, a couple emails, and he's been totally great. You know, and uh, you can just see that, you know, it's going to be there's a good vibe there. Well, it's going to be professional. Yeah, and I mean, I've always worked with cats that I have a good rapport with. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a good rapport with your artists is always, I think that's always, I always say it in interviews and when people ask me. That's number one with me. Yes. I got to have this guy trust Paramount, me. Paramount, right. Yeah, because you know, I'm standing on the side of the stage. He's got to know that all he has to do is go play. Unless you're Chris Broderick and I'm doing your punches and I'm watching a hockey game, <laughs> which I used to do that to him all the time. But uh, well, I used to say years ago, like like maybe a decade or so ago, we would talk about it and you would turn gigs down because you were uh, uneasy about the actual person you were going to be working for based upon things you were hearing from the industry within. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's nice to be at that point in your career where you could pick and choose who you want to mm-hmm. work with. Right. And I mean, I've, I've had big names, and it just wasn't so much that, you know, I hear bad things. It's just like I'm not the right fit. Mm-hmm. I know me, and I know where I fit in and what I can tolerate and how much people can tolerate me. You know, if that's a thing, too, because I'm a pain in the ass. So you were offered some big pop gigs over the years, and you tended to turn them down. Yeah. Was that because there was other metal acts available for you? If I turn down a gig, usually it's because I'm already, it conflicts with something. Okay. Most of the gigs I've always turned down always conflicted with, like, I knew that, I had like two weeks to go on this tour or it would overlap. And a lot of these bigger gigs ask you, man, just jump ship. Nope. I don't. I stay with. Yeah. Once you sign on, we sign the contract. You stay with it. Yeah. And I, I, in all honesty, I've only signed one contract and, uh, in all my years. And, you know, I've only signed one, uh, non-disclosure in all my years. And, uh, because I'm not getting up there and, you know, I, I, it's a business and I get it, but, you know, for me, uh, if you say that, hey, man, I'm going to give you this and I want you to do this and I say I'm going to do this, I'm going to deliver this. Right. I expect you to deliver that, too. Right, and and right, right, I've right. been lucky enough to have that. I've worked with a lot of great guys, man. And uh, people think that, you know, oh, you've had some rough gigs. Everybody I've worked with was was great. You know, I mean, even the hardest guys. I loved them. You know what I mean? I would do anything for them. And if right. I saw them right now, it's like, right. hey, man. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there, there's – if I turned a gig down, it was because it conflicted with something else and I could see it down the line. Or if I said no to something, it's just because I knew I wasn't the right person for the gig. So I was going through old Boogie Street photos way back before – we ever had the Washburn contract a little bit, a little bit before we even had the office. I was still working out of my house in Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania. And I found some photographs. Um, and, and the irony was there was a connection that we had, but we didn't connect from there. There was a guitar store that was in the Mount Lebanon area. I guess it was technically maybe, maybe Bethel park, Bethel park down by library. It was, um, monster music. Yeah. Monster music. 
a cool cat named Sean actually owned it. Uh, it didn't last very long, but there was a signing that was done there uh, for you and Nick Catanese. There was a signing. At, uh, I think you had just gotten the full-page guitar thing with Zach uh, for the tuner, for I think. For Korg, yeah. And then Nick was there. But I, this is before I kind of came on the scene. But Michelangelo so- Badio was there, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, he was there. And he talks like this. Yeah, I, I'm going to refrain from commenting there. Yeah, I'm going to let it go because there's a lot I could say. I'm not going to because I'm a nice guy and we'll leave it, leave that out. But uh, talented player, crazy talented. Uh, but I found those photos and there, there's a point to this story. So I noticed that around that time, I had been down to that store and I saw a guy that was making custom bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. And I got one of. I know I got one of my son made, and I actually got two of them made of him at that time. Um, it was called, I think it was getbobbleheaded.com. I can't remember who it was or whatever, but, but I saw that you had a bobblehead. I have a bobblehead. And I saw it in this photo, and I guess Nick had one too, And and but you both had a bobblehead. You still have it? I still have it. Okay. The great thing about the bobblehead that they made for me, <laughs> it didn't have eyebrows. Now, if anybody knows me, I've got the bushiest eyebrows in the world. I mean, I've got like some like old man creepy well, fucking caterpillar eyebrows, like you know, like like October like caterpillars, you know, with the long fucking hair and shit like that. The last ones to die. That's what my eyebrows look like because they get crazy. And this bobblehead had no eyebrows, and I'm like, that doesn't look a thing like me <laughs> because it didn't have eyebrows. And then they put the eyebrows on it, and they put like like it was like I like went to like. New York and had like George Clooney's guy do my brows or some shit. You know, it was like these nice. I'm like, still doesn't look like me. They're like all all, all streamlined and shit. You know, so yeah. So I sharpened it up and I've got and I'm like, well, now that looks like me. You know, it look, now that looks great. Yeah, you had your own bobblehead. And then the reason I bring it up is because the question I I have is, in existence, is there a Willie G bobblehead out there? Wow. That would be so awesome if it was. <laughs> it, it, it would talk. It would talk. And, it, and how would it talk, Fred? It'd be like, it's a bunch of crap. First of all, <laughs> y'all don't know nothing about nothing. B, you're all a bunch of idiots. And three, it's a bunch of crap. I think there should be a Willie G. There bobblehead. needs to be a bobblehead. There needs to and be it needs a to talk. Willie- it needs to have like it needs to have Willie G sayings. You hit the button and it head bobbles. First of all, let me tell you about this player, Willie fucking G. Dude, I I, I remember. I think he was show like three or nine or something. He you, was he was he was. You called me up. Yeah, he was you called town. me up and you said, "Hey, I know you mentioned that you'd love to meet Willie G, and you met him at a Megadeth show years prior, but he's in town." And I was like, oh, my God, would he do my? Would he do this podcast I started? And you're First like, of all, oh, I'm up here, and I don't dude, know where I'm at. I had a blast with him, man. He's on. He was, he was with he King was Diamond, right? Unfucking At that time, I don't know. I, th- I think he might have been. In 19? Yeah, I think he might have been King Diamond. Oh, King man, Diamond. it was so funny. That was so funny. I had he's great. a good time. He's, he's, one, he's one of my best friends. I love the guy to death. There needs to be a bobblehead. It, we need to probably make one. Willie G bobblehead. We need to make one. And, and, and yeah, we do. Commission. We need a commission. <laughs> yeah, we, we want a commission, Willie. We just need you to sign on the dotted line. We'll, 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 we'll commission. We'll, we'll, we'll pay somebody. Yeah. Yeah, but we want a commission for for making a commission and putting it out to market. <laughs> yeah, Willie G. 
He's a legend. He he is a legend. I mean, here's a cat that knows every song ever made in every genre. And people go, that's important. No, this guy's a human jukebox. He's like, (laughs) oh, you know. uh, A human jukebox. Oh, dude, he is like. Oh yeah, I, I used to play the Ohio Players song in uh, in my wedding band back in when I was a kid. And, dude, he like knows every song ever. You know, it's just like you tell him to play like some funk song. He played. You tell you don't tell him to play. You know, like play the Conjuring. He'll play like whip it out. You know, play. You know, tell him to play some like you know. Hey, uh, let's do Conway some Conway Twitty. Yeah, yeah he, he'll know it. <laughs> he knows it. You know, he knows it all. And uh, it's just it's amazing to see him. He goes, well, the one guitar is doing this, and then. This is how the baseline goes, and the other guitar, and this guy over here, and he's just he's he knows every song there is, and it's amazing to play with them, you know. And it it, it was I think that that was one of the funnest. Uh, you met him on Megadeth, right? I met, no, I met him uh, actually in a parking lot on an Ozfest. He did like every band that played the parking lot. He was their tech for every band. Like it was like there'd be like five bands in the parking lot, you know, like you know. Oh, like the third stage. Yeah, like 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 you know, like the, they weren't even in the stage. They were out in the parking lot, you know. And uh, there'd be like five bands playing, and, and he was damn well teching for like four of them. And I'm like, man, come, come down here with me. You need to make some money. Come here. And uh, and yeah, man, he 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 started doing you know like bigger and bigger things. And he was Mustaine's guy for many years. And the guy is perfect. Uh, he's one of the best guitar player, or guess best guitar techs out there. The great guitar player, but. Uh, He's out with Ghost right now, but I. It's a pretty big gig, right? Yeah, I mean it's a great gig, and because uh, they're they're very very they're a thing big right yeah they're a thing right now, and uh, but I love it that we all the Megadeth guys we still get on group texts and we write. Uh, uh, who the fuck was it? Who was just uh, uh, Gojiro's just in town, and one of the Megadeth guys was on that, and we started a big group text with everybody and sent pictures and. It's always good, man. Those cats, I love that. Dave Mustaine had the best crew out there for 10 years. And he had, he had a good band, but he had the best crew. And, and you know, man, we had adventures. We had, we had great times. Saved some shows in South America. Just saw with, goofy with shit. With bubble gum. And- oh, yeah, well, that was exactly, exactly <laughs> bubble gum. But, but uh, like, literally, we played this show at this festival in South America. And like the headliner always gets there early. You're there the day before, so you can set up your gear and you leave it in place. And then everybody else builds around you, so you don't have to do that yet. We got there, like the PA didn't work, the speakers didn't work, nothing worked, uh, the lights didn't work, and you. And just so happened that Megadeth had the best crew, and they could fix the PA and they could fix the lights. And hey, man, I do carpenter at. at uh, local three down here in Pittsburgh as a stagehand, and I can fix that hole in the stage. And let me just take that chicken wire away. And uh, <laughs> but we, this is what's great about this. So we we did this festival in South America, and we got the show up and running. Okay, and like bands were pulling. Out. And what was great is they had this area behind the stage where people would keep their backpacks and their gear and their personal items that they you know like the crew guys and. uh not me, man. My backpack is with me everywhere. I, yep. It's right there, right now. That's my life in there. And I lost one. Right. If you guys remember, I lost all the hard drives and my passport yeah, and everything. I, it was stolen I, out of a locked dressing room in Santiago, Chile. And uh, stolen out of the Megadeth locked dressing room. And uh, 
the two security guys, ah, we did not see anything, senor. <laughs> yeah. And it, it shows up. Okay. It shows up. Everything's gone. My laptop's gone. All my hard drives are gone. It's brutal. And uh, my passport was there. But, ah, senor, you cannot get it for 14 days because we need to mail it, and it's very slow. And, did uh, you ultimately, ultimately get it? Yeah, I did. I got my passport back, but I had to go to Santiago. I had to go to the, the uh, consulate. consulate. Yeah, I went to the consulate, and I had to get an emergency passport uh in santiago because i couldn't go anywhere i'm stuck which i don't mind being stuck i like that city you know but yeah i didn't when shit gets stolen it's you're not happy about it no. but we finally got it back and i got my passports back but i didn't get anything else back but uh they had the best crew and we saved the show but what was great is everybody keeps their stuff in the in the back well it had this wall it was a, an enclosed area with a wall it was like a brick wall but you see all the guys all the fans were jumping the wall and stealing everybody's stuff and then jumping back over the wall everybody got their shit stolen but me because wow. while, while we're out there you know so i kind of giggled and you got my bag <laughs> that's the uh that's the ikike story too when uh when i was with nxs and we were we got basically if you want to the long and the short of it is we got kidnapped. We got held hostage, you know, the, the crew did. And we were told to stay in this room. And everybody's luggage was at the hotel or whatnot. And, you know, not me. My bag was right there on the stage. And the guy goes, where are you going? You, I told you to stay here. I'm like, nah, fuck you. I'm going to go get my bag and I'll be right back. I come back wheeling my suitcase. And there's like, you know, 12 guys in a little <laughs> tiny room all crumped in there. And, you know, and uh, we had to wait there for a while. But. I had my suitcase. When they went back to the room, everybody else's suitcases were in their unlocked hotel rooms, and some people had some shit missing. Some people didn't. Yeah, I, I, I take my bags everywhere. Man. That is rough. Yeah, it's 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 a not so that's fun. a concern. Is it a concern anywhere you tour? Or is it yeah overseas especially? Well, it's it's like that anywhere, but you always have somebody. I had somebody. I got a somebody made me. We they had these this new rule that you had to wear hard hats and somebody made me a hard hat. It Is was, that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. It's like a safety thing, but I don't wear a hard hat and, uh, it messes up your locks. It's like it messes up my hair. I'm going to go bald. I'm going to look like you. And, uh, there's worse things, Fred, <laughs> but, uh, so they were very proud of this hat and they get, man, I put that thing down. It wasn't down for two minutes, and it was gone. This was it. They like, stole your yeah, hard somebody hat. Somebody stole my, and it's customized for me. It had a little koala bears and shit on it, you know. It, it is gone. I'm like, it was just hanging here a minute ago, and it's gone. Yeah, somebody swiped it. So, but it's, where was that at? I was in South Carolina, wow. and I go back there every year, and I always I, I go around with the hands, I look, and I'm like, <laughs> somebody here's got to have it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it happens. It, it's like that anywhere you go to a hotel you know i mean i always anything important it doesn't stay in the hotel well, how do the artists keep their stuff from getting stolen? now you know that's the thing too man is is on megadeth we've had stuff stolen out of the out of the rooms and shit like that i mean it's it's when they find out it, you know you're a star you're a target you know even at the airport yeah I mean, you got to watch out here's the thing i never understood about like the rock and roll lifestyle and just narcotics and drugs and all that. Like, I don't know how bands go from country to country and get their drugs in and out. 
I mean, I'm not on drugs. I have bad allergies today, man. I'm, I'm dying. I came home to Pennsylvania the other, and my eyes just like started itching. I, I was talking about drugs, not insinuating drugs. With I know. You. <laughs> but if we want to talk about drugs, uh, you, so I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you all about drug smuggling if you want to know. <laughs> I mean, like, do you just you just wait to obtain the drugs when you once you get in the country, or are bands like? Why are you asking me this? Like, <laughs> yes, there's a reason why I'm asking you. Because you would know. Yeah, I, I I know all the dirty secrets of of rock and roll, which, <laughs> which will come out in my new book when I ever in the year twenty twenty eight. Yeah, that's about it too. When I take a day off, uh, drugs in the country, man, it's uh, it's weird. And I mean, weed's not a drug anymore, right? Unless you're in Russia. No, Unless you're in Russia. I've seen weed in Russia. <laughs> I've seen weed in China. My God, don't, don't fucking kill don't you. Get, don't get caught with weed. In yeah, no, you don't want to do any of that shit. But uh, you know, I mean, it, it's everywhere. I I, I watched uh, a yakuza guy fucking bring, bring a fucking bag into a to a hotel for a rock star. It's like you can't get drugs here. This fucking dude had like a like a sandwich bag of shit like in ten minutes. This guy, I'm like, wow, man, that's, that's pretty pretty crazy. Don't want to take that chance. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. But like, it's like we said, it's a business now and it's not as prevalent as it was. It's not as, you know, like weed's not a drug. how they get from country to country with their drugs. I never understood that. Uh, places like Columbia, man, they have a guy that sits there and they go through every screw on your, th- you have to take it apart and show them that you don't have anything. I'm like, I don't have anything. There you go. But you take everything apart and then they wrap it up with tape and all this shit and they sticks a sticker on there and says, it's been checked. It's, I mean, back in the day, I mean, they stuff it up their ass or whatever. I don't know. I had a dog. Did I ever tell the New Zealand story? No. I had a dog hit on one of my bags in, uh, in New Zealand. Okay. Now, anybody that knows me, I don't smoke pot. I hate pot. Yeah, I don't like the feeling of, of being down. You know what I mean? I'm not a, I'm not a downer guy. Mm. And, uh, so I get to New Zealand and they're real strict. And we were trying to figure out how to get pot in from California. And it wasn't me. I don't want it. But, uh, so I'm walking and I have beagles. All right. And I had, a, I had a beagle that was in heat when I left the house. And, uh, I said bye to my beagle, you know, let her lick me, let her play, you know. And, uh, and I left and I went to, went to New Zealand and we all meet up in, in LAX and we fly to New Zealand and I get off the car uh, out of the, uh, Auckland. I, what's that? Auckland. Yeah, Auckland. And, uh, get off the plane and they meet you with the beagles, you know, they're, they're drug sniffing dogs down there. And I see this little dog looks just like my dog, little, little lemon beagle, you know, I'm like, oh, I, you're not supposed to touch the dogs. So I pet the dog and the dog sniffs me up and he's like looking at me and the lady pulls him away and, you know, she goes and I go get my luggage and I'm sitting there and I realize I left my, I left something on the, my in-ears or something on the plane. So I walk back to the plane, I get my, they go to the seat and they find him in the, in the seat and they bring him out to me and I come walking back out and there's the lady with the dog and she's talking to somebody and I pet the dog again, you know, and the dog's looking at me and he sits and I, so I go to, you're not supposed to pet the dog. Did I mention that? <laughs> and uh, I go to get my luggage and everybody else has their luggage and there's mine sitting over there. And 
comes over the the tour manager mike he's like hey man your your bag's over there like, what's my bag doing over there why the fuck so i go get my bag i start coming out and we're standing in line and the lady walks the line with the dog and the dog looks at me and it sits and the lady sir uh could you step out of line please i'm like yeah sure what's up the dog signaled you out I'm like, the dog signaled me out. <laughs> and she's like, yes, sir. Uh, come with me. And they're like, and everybody's standing there and they're all looking. I'm like, what the fuck? So I go to this room and they say, oh, he's one. Of, I, I can't remember what the native people in, in New Zealand are called, but the, you know, the, the t- tribal tattoos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember the, but yeah. that's, he, he's a security guard. He goes, oh, my friend, we've got a little bit of a problem. I'm like, what's that? He goes, the dog smelled cannabis on you. I'm like, the dog smelled cannabis on me. I'm like, I don't, uh, I don't smoke cannabis. That dog said, is I, high. I, I said it's not, it's not my, not my thing, man. And he goes, oh, well, the dog, dog signaled you out, and we could do this the hard way, or we could do this the easy way. The easy way is you tell me where you have it. Uh, the hard way is we find it, and you're in more trouble. I'm like, man, I don't smoke pot. I don't have any pot on me. I don't have, you know. It's not my thing. All right, we're going to do it the hard way. And they took my bags and they laid them out on these like 15 foot, 12 foot, 15 foot stainless steel tables. And they took everything I owned out and apart. And the guy sitting there is talking to me. He's like, so, uh, you know, we're really relaxed down here on our cannabis, but uh, we just don't like people bringing it in from other countries because, you know, we take pride in our cannabis. I'm like, well, man, that's great. You take pride in your cannabis, but... I wouldn't smoke it because that's not my thing. I don't, I don't smoke pot and it's going on and on and on. He's like, he's like, so when's the last time uh, you smoke pot? I'm like, well, be honest, probably, probably uh, when I was in college and he's like, right. I'm like, dude, it's not my thing. I'm not, I'm not a pot guy. And uh, he's going on and on and on. He's asking me all these things. And finally he goes, they take everything apart. I'm like, they were taking like screws out of shit and they find nothing. And the guy looks at me and he goes, our dogs are never wrong. And this dog singled you out for cannabis. I'm like, man, I've been there for like three hours. And I'm like, dude, I don't smoke pot. I said, I'm not, I'm not in the, in the you know, everybody else on the crew is, but not me. And, uh, but I didn't say that. I said, man, I don't, he goes, we're going to bring the dog in one last time. And when the dog finds it, he goes, you're done. You're in trouble. I'm like, bring him in. Cause I had nothing. I mean, I don't smoke pot. Dog walks up and down the table, looks at everything, looks at my empty suitcase. There, it was an empty pocket. Looks at it, turns around, looks at me, and he sits. And the guy goes, he goes, it was. I guess the sitting was the the thing, but the dog sits, and I look at it, and he goes. And it rolls on its back. You have to be shitting me. And he rolls on his back. And he wants me to wants me to scratch his stomach. And the guy just looks. He goes, "Well, sir, our dogs are never wrong." But it appears this one needs to go back for more training. Uh, I said, "Yeah, I, I have a I have a beagle." When she was in heat, when I left the house, so uh, that so, would have solved the problem if you told them that right. Well, away. yeah, I didn't think about it. Yeah, you know, but I, I didn't realize until afterwards why the dog was. Yeah, but he they apologized to you. Oh yeah. We could help you put that stuff. Nope, I'll, 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 I'll do it. You know, I'll do it. Well, this is the worst thing about that. 
as I'm leaving, the tour manager walks by. He goes, check his ass. He keeps it in his ass. He's like walking by. He's like walking out the door. They like left me there for like three hours. They went, they went to the hotel. They left me there. And uh, so I shit you not, it takes me three hours. I get, a, I get a ride back with the Dropkick Murphys gave me a ride back. They think it's hilarious. And uh, so they give me a ride. And uh, I get there. I'm fucking furious. So I go in to talk to the tour manager and the, and the guy. I'm like, man, what the fuck, man? You guys are wait, you guys, they're smoking pot. So I gotta be, be shit. They probably put it in my outside of my pocket in my bag. Dog made it. I don't know if this is true. It just it's a theory, but that's how they got it in. They put it in my bag. My bag was over there when I got. I'm like, why is my bag with everybody else's? You know, I go. Yeah, they're all getting high and they're like, you know, look, I'm yeah, like, but it's serious business. Oh, some of those countries are like really like. Oh yeah, you get killed if in some of these places, dude. If you have a poppy seed in like uh in like. The Middle East, you're done. You're dead. Death sentence. I ate a poppy bagel. Nope, sir. You're trying to grow hair. You know, whatever. Yeah. It's just like, dude, it's a it's a bagel. That's a, I take that because that's like what they tell you the horror stories on the plane yeah. when you go through customs. Make sure you don't have you eat a poppy seed bagel. If they find poppy seeds on you, you're done. I'm like, it's a fucking bagel, but evidently it's happened. Wow. I guess I guess somebody was eating it and it fell in their pocket, like wow. you know, on the plane or whatever, and that's enough to throw you in jail hell james kotak got drunk on the plane in uh in dubai he's the drummer for the scorpions they put him in jail for a month he was in there for like 30 days fucking for drinking so did you did you go to china yeah with who i went with megadeth we went several times i love it dude it's it's great uh great fans but they tell you what you can play and what you can't play they censor your songs you can't sing holy wars okay all right. So the fans sang Holy Wars. They played the music. The fans sang it. You couldn't say the word. Okay. Yeah, yeah you, you, because it was like a, a it it didn't go with their beliefs, you know, okay. or, or, their, or their agenda or whatever. Okay. But yeah, there was like, they try to tell you, you know, what words you can say, what words you can't say. You're censored. Well, how, how was your hospitality there? It was great. No, they take, anywhere I've been, I've never had a, a place that was bad. When you're with a top band you're always taken care of everybody you know whatever you need i like to uh i tell the story about mexico that uh they say look don't leave the hotel room you know we're at mexico mexico, uh, mexico city? city yeah mexico it's pretty city. shady the cops will rob you in mexico city oh yeah I'm familiar. and uh where we used to stay at, there was always an ATM over across the street, and it was like a good Mexican restaurant, and everybody would go there. But they'd get the money out of the machine first, and then that's where they would get robbed. Everybody get robbed the machine, you know. So in, in Mexico City, there's an ATM right across the street, and you go over there, and like I said, the cops will rob you, you know. But there's a restaurant, and everybody goes, blah blah blah. So I always have the money, and uh, they always say, "Don't, you know, if somebody's following you, you know, go someplace safe." So I'm on the, you know, fifth floor or whatever. And me and some, me and uh, the one production assistant, uh, she's like, man, I want to go to the store, but I'm afraid I'm like, I'll go with you. So we get on, go to uh, 7-Eleven. But as we're coming out of the hotel, we see this guy following us. And she's like, fuck. That could, right there's where everybody gets robbed, you know? And he starts following us down the street. We speed up. He's like, you know, 10 steps behind us. We speed up. He speeds up. We slow down. He slows down. She's like, that guy's still following us. I'm like, fuck. I said, it's like three more blocks, you know? So we zigzag. We cross the street. The guy crosses the street. He's behind us. We're like, fuck. Dude's fucking following us. So we go up and we get to the store. We go in the store and he's outside the store. We're like, 
we got a ditches guy. And uh, so we buy buy stuff, and it's amazing what you can buy for like two hundred pesos. Fucking dude, it's like holy shit! You can buy, you know, it, it gets you a lot of stuff. It's like wow, man! I bought, you know, they don't um, have inflation in Mexico. My God, it, 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 stuff so cheap, you know. And uh, so the guys out there, and one goes one way, one goes the other way. And we meet the, at the next block. And that was our pl- big plan. We'll split up and see. And he followed the girl. And she comes back up and we meet up. And it's like, fuck, he's still following us. So we hurry up and we get back to the hotel. And uh, he's still there. We're like dodging him, trying to get there. And we start running quick. And he starts a little jog. We get to the hotel. We get there. He's coming around. He's coming in. We hit the closed door button. The closed door closes. We go up. We're going up to the fifth floor. So we got up there and the door stops, you know, second floor. There's other people in the elevator. You know, we get up to the fifth. Guy standing there. He's like, <sighs> he ran up the steps. Like, what the fuck are you following us for, dude? What the, what's wrong with you? He goes, I am your security, sir. <laughs> you shouldn't leave the hotel without a security guard. He goes, didn't they tell you? I'm like, yeah, they told me, but I mean, fuck, I didn't think it was for me. You know? That like, is so wrong. Yeah, dude, he ran up the steps. He's like, <sighs> he's all fucking out of breath and shit. Yeah, he was our our floor security oh my god silly shit yeah so they they take good care of you and japan like i always say this thing if it's raining supposed to be the best japan's Japan's awesome yeah they they, it's the whatever you need it's it's the best but uh i remember where did you play there tokyo dome play tokyo osaka what's uh, the place that uh uh, kiss filmed a bunch of shows there in the 70s Budokan? budokan 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 we play you know you go there it was raining and I went to go outside, and this guy chases me down. He's like, no, 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 you come back. And he hands me an umbrella. I'm like, oh, I'm good. Yeah, they give you an umbrella. It's like a it's like a leave a penny, take a penny. Leave an umbrella, take an umbrella. It, you don't go out, and you don't get wet. And So um, Japanese crowds, metal crowds, is it, it, it used to be that they were very sedate in the 70s and 80s. Oh, they and still then, are. They were over there. They and sit. Like, and then, and then they'll stand up, and then the, then the ushers come up, and they start yelling, and they, and then they'll so, stand back up. So I'll test your memory. Uh, 70s, there was a – Kiss had a HBO special. It was filmed as part of, like, the Live 2 thing, and it was Kiss in Japan. And that that's out there. But you can see – Shots from the stage, like looking, you can see a little bit of the crowd, and they're all sitting. Oh yeah! And then Stanley, Paul Stanley, tries to get them up, like you stand up, them. come on, people. Yeah, but they just wouldn't. They just didn't break decorum. No, they. They're. It's very respectable country. I always said that I could take a stack of hundred dollars. Still like that? It. Yeah. Last time I was there, metal which was fans like, aren't crazy. A couple of years. No, it's they. They. They're. I mean, you play like a club show where there's no seats and they have to stand. Yeah, it's you know, but. Lately, we've been playing like bigger places and their seats and yeah, sometimes they stand. I mean, they'll get up and eventually they'll get up and they sell like, but it, it's, they're very respectful. They're very proper. And that's why I always say I, I, I take a stack of hundred dollar bills over there and I could throw them on the floor and come back the next day and they would be all lined up, faced up, sequential, everything. It's amazing. There's yeah. a level. Yeah. There's, there seems to be a higher level of morals there. I don't mean like God, like morals, but like the doing of the right and wrong yeah. to other people. Manners. Manners. Morals. I mean, literally, from what I understand, schools over there teach you manners and morals to like through like kindergarten, through like second or third grade, and then you start learning your lessons. You know, like 
math and shit like that. Yeah. You know, you're, you're taught to be a person first. It's just weird to see like music fans. That had, that had to freak you out the first couple of times it, it you, did. you were there. Like, it, it did. It like was are pretty... they enjoying themselves or, you know? And that's it. Well, man, I, I wonder if they like us. You know, it's just, but that's just how they are. And is, is it the orange? Is it just in the orange? Was, was China the same way? <laughs> yeah. You're not getting out of your seat in China, man. Fuck no. Really? Oh, yeah. They, 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 were, they, were, they were pretty pretty calm. Yeah, yeah. It's, are, uh, they not, are they forbidden to act I don't way? think it's forbidden, but it's frowned upon just like, you know, Japan. I mean, they do. They get up, you know, and they, you know, stand. But you're not seeing, like, somebody... Moshing, there's no pits, or there's no people passing people over the barricade, shit like that. I mean, they'll stand, clap, or whatever. It, but it takes a while to build to that frenzy. You know, what I mean, to, they're going to take a chance to stand up. Yeah. What's interesting too for me is like, um, like in the Muslim countries, like some Muslim countries are more Westernized than yeah. others. Like Jordan, Dubai, is very, yeah, Turkey. Well, okay, so. But, but Dubai, it's like when a band goes over there, they're usually playing for the guests, which are like intercontinental guests. They're not really Dubai citizens there, right? It's more like oh, a... Well, we had some... When we played there, we had Dubai citizens. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know... But yeah, it, it, if you're in Dubai, you've got money. Yeah, the, the, so the westernized Muslim countries, I could see metal shows going over there. Yeah, but, Turkey. Turkey's wild, man. They have like these festivals. It's fucking awesome man yeah yeah but i mean some of your more strict muslim countries are just forbidden like in egypt that's forbidden right and like iran and never never Iraq been, never been to to egypt or uae iran. and places like that yeah i've been i've been to uae and uh israel it's fascinating uh Have you played in israel? kuwait iraq we were iraq with shinedown yeah but you were playing for the troops we're playing for you the weren't troops. playing for the iraqi citizens we were the only band that they know of that had one beer. We were given one beer. We were allowed a beer. We had a beer. I had a beer in Iraq. Fascinating. It was. It I've, was. You were working with me at Boogie Street when you went over there. Because yeah. I have like photos you shared with me. Hell, from, I got Boogie Street shirts on in every shot I got. That's so cool. That is just so cool, man. But like, if you played Iceland, have you played like Greenland? Have you played? No, I've never been to Iceland. I've never been to Greenland. I've flown over them. What the Nordic state? Like, have you gone to Finland and oh Sweden? God, I love those places. I've been all the way up to the Arctic Circle. The bl- that's the where the home of black metal is, right? Yep. It's like almost a. It's like a look a church burn country, it. country yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> country national anthem. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> our national anthem. <laughs> It's awesome, and those places are beautiful. Like Gothenburg and places. Gothenburg, like yeah, Gothenburg's beautiful. It's it, Gothenburg's a really good uh, arena. It's like a big globe dome made out of wood, and it's. I used to have. I, I lost all those pictures on that hard drive. What about them, like in France and Spain? I mean, like I know Spain does metal shows, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, all those, Portugal, all those places. But what about are France? Big in metal, yeah. It, they're they're France is big in metal. Really? Yeah, man. Uh, we played Paris. We played. Uh, What's uh? What the fuck is it? It's uh, Hellfest is in France. Okay. And uh. Okay. Man, it, it, they. Well, Luxembourg Europe, and Germany. Europe's and all into Poland. Poland. Oh yeah, played Poland. Uh, what about Ukraine? Have you played in Ukraine? Yeah, Kiev. Uh, you played Kiev. I can't yeah. remember if I went to if I just went to Odessa or if we played Odessa. Wow, that's gotta freak you out than seeing what's going on. I right did now, huh? because uh, some of my I have some really good photographs that 
weren't lost and they are of Kiev. And, uh, wow. And it, it's, yeah, it's, it was a beautiful city. My God, it was beautiful. And, Before uh, they rebuilt it. And Mariupol was supposed to be a beautiful city too. Yeah. There's nothing and, left and, of it. The, yeah. I saw some of that shit. They, they, there's nothing left of it. They, they flattened it. But, uh, yeah, man, it, Kiev was a, was a beautiful city. And again, I love going to Moscow. It's not the people, man. It's, no, it's, it's not. It's, the, the, it's the government. It's not the people. And uh, but Moscow, St. Petersburg, all those places over there, just it's going to be a while before Western yeah. bands are probably invited back to that country. Yes, absolutely. But like those uh, those old communist countries, they've got those old buildings that were like built like by forced slave labor but they're these giant massive structures that are just you couldn't do it again today you know but they build it for the you know for the communist party and but they're like it was this place hammer and sickle maybe you better yeah there's this place in romania they're like oh this is the romania uh you know department of state this used to be a neighborhood and then when the communists came they uh they knocked down the neighborhood they forced the people that lived here to build these buildings (laughs) fucking it's like but it's like it's giant it's 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 amazing and it's like yes it was they forced them to uh work and if they you know there's many bodies buried underneath because i do those i do those those bus tours yeah that every city has one and and I go to every, and that's how I get around the city. You pay like 20 bucks, you get on a bus. And I, in America, it's like 45. You go over there, it's right. like 20 bucks. You drive right. around the city and you can go wherever you want for like 20 bucks and get a two day pass. And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, here I am. Did going you, to- did you have photographs from Transylvania? Yeah. Over in is Romania, correct? That's yeah, Romania. And you were, I could have sworn you shared that experience with me decades ago. Dude, I went, I went. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to, every time I've, I've gone there several times and I just want to see Dracula's castle. Right. So I have a day off. Didn't you go with Zach? No, I didn't go with Zach. I, it was, it was a Megadeth tour that we went and I, I had a day off and I booked this trip for like two hours away to Dracula's castle. I'm like, this is fucking great. And I, and I do shit by myself because when you go with a group of fucking people, I got to pee. I want to eat. I don't, I'm like, look, man, all I do, want, I want, I, all I want to see is Dracula's fucking cat. Okay. So I make the mistake of mentioning out loud, man, I'm going to Dracula's castle. Dude, I want to go to Dracula's castle. Everybody <laughs> went to Dracula's castle. So we had like five of us go to Dracula's castle. And uh, it was a great experience for all of us. But here's the thing. It was like the castle that he was like imprisoned in in the last two years of his life. It's really not his castle. His castle's like, I think it had like 1,500 steps or 1,700 steps to get to this castle where Dracula was. That's like his fortress or whatever. So that was really, a, was Dracula a real person? Uh, Vlad Tepes, yeah. So it's, it's he was a real person. He was a, uh, he was the leader of, uh, of, I guess, Romania. And he fought the Ottomans in, uh, but the whole the whole thing about the teeth he, and the sucking of blood and all that. Well, shit. that that's vampire lore. But this guy <clears throat> would uh, he would kill you and like he'd stick you on a he'd stick you on a stake. He'd stick a stake up your ass. Yeah, raise it up and you'd fall. you. Yeah, but he would like nail. Yeah, if he didn't like you, he'd nail uh, nail nail your hat to your head. You know, that's what he like did to the emissaries from other countries uh, because they wouldn't remove their turbans. So he nailed nailed them on and sent them back. Uh, he was so kind as to uh, invite all the poor people to uh this banquet hall and every all the poor in in romania he said come on throw a party for you come on come on throw you a feast you guys you guys need you guys need a break come on 
going to throw you a feast. So he invites the, all the poor people, brings them in, locks all the doors, and he burns the place down. He goes, look, I eliminated poverty in, in, in Romania. That's, that's a true thing, too. So he was like bloodthirsty. Uh, not bloodthirsty, but he was power. You know, he did. Right. You know, and eventually they caught him and killed him. Well, they put him in, a, in that castle that we went to, and it was beautiful. And man, it, it was it was awesome. See, I like you know you and I have talked. I like history, right? And just to see that was, I it, man, that, this has been the best job in the world because I get to go see the world. Yeah, on I someone never, else's dime. I, that's what I always say on somebody else. And I never thought that I would leave Cecil. No, nah, I'll make it in Pittsburgh. I'll be fine in Pittsburgh. Dude, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a long time. I mean, I was you were you were so regularly showing up here, and we were doing so many shows, and and like the world started to become normal again, somewhat. And then you're back on the road, and and then it was like you were coming home for like a day, a day, twenty two hours, and had the journey thing not been cut short, mm. we'd have had to. Match yeah, I would have been had the journey thing not been cut short. I would have came home for a day and flew back out. Yeah, so we are going to try to get one more. Get you involved in another show before you leave here. It'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll do that's it. What we're definitely going to see do. if I can find the time. You better find the time. You know I will. I appreciate it, buddy. You got it, buddy. All right. You digging a new uh, spot? I do here? like the new spot. It's spacious. It is spacious. We got a, we got our own dedicated air conditioning unit, so we're not like sweating balls. I see that. We could put a bar in over there. Yeah, there's, 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 there's actually a, there's actually a leather sofa in the studio. I do like the leather sofa. Yeah, I don't think anybody really sits on there, but like it's it's, it's something. Well, who knows? Maybe one day I need a place to crash. And... <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> All right, buddy, I appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Thank All you. right, friends, we are out. Out.